This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're welcoming back a previous guest to the Horse Hour podcast, Joe White from Progressive Ideas, who knows all about horse welfare. How are you, Joe? I'm very well, thanks. Good. Now, today we want to dispel the myths between a horse living out 24 7 in a field or a horse being stabled, because there's this big one side that believes wholeheartedly that a horse should be living out 24 7, and another side that says, you, How can you be so neglectful to your horse for leaving it out 24 7? And it should be stabled. So, as the queen of welfare, what, <laughs> <laughs> what would be your thoughts on both angles? Well, I think in the end, we have to to go back to ha- what, what how the horse has evolved from a point of view. What is natural for the horse, and what is best for the individual. So you've got two kind of factors in there. So you know, horses have evolved to live in herds. They're grazing animals. They're browsing animals. They cover distance, you know, reasonable distances in terms of moving about. They're not, you know, they're not de- designed to be stationary. They're actually have evolved to move around. So mm. from an evolutionary point of view, we need to think about that. But we also need to take into account the individual horse or the individual animal and their needs. So we've said before about the fact that horses are living longer than than ever before. Mm. You know, we have better nutrition, better care. So as a result, you know, we've got an aging population. So we have to also take into account, you know, how will that horse be from a, an older animal's perspective? You know, moving about might be needed because it's arthritic, but likewise, it may feel the weather conditions more so. It may need more shelter because it actually feels the, the cold more or, the, you know, it doesn't cope with the rain quite so well. We have, you know, we have situations in terms of different breeds, what the horse is actually doing. So there's a lot of different factors to take into account. And then on top of that, we have to take into account what resources we have, you know, mm. where is the horse kept? And obviously, you know, wherever you keep the horse, the horse's needs should be paramount from a point of view of, of making that choice as to the yard, the place the horse is kept, what that horse needs. But it, you know, as much as we all love, I've got in my head my <laughs> ideal place that mm-hmm. I still, you know, one day I'll own and create this ideal place, but it, it's not there yet. But, you know, so we have to, to do what's right in the conditions we've got. Well, this is what's so difficult is because I have stabled my horse for years. Then I found out he had an injury and it was recommended that he live out. 
and that when he first lived out oh i thought i was the worst owner in the world because you know i wasn't putting him to bed every night and he wasn't having his hay every night and you know there were all these kind of mummy things that i used to do with him like he'd have a groom every night and now he was i was putting him almost like in the in the middle of a field and in the winter i just felt so mean but interestingly he's thrived off it and he's doing really really well and he's happy and and actually now he's happy to go in a shelter or in the field whatever he's he's out 24 7 but looking around when i was looking at different yards and different places in the area what i'm finding is you either get stables or you get live out but you don't get the two together so there are never i mean it might it might be different in yorkshire where there's more land around but particularly in built-up areas you very rarely get the opportunity to leave a horse out 24 7 but have access to a stable in case you need it yeah and that can be a real challenge in the sense that there can be those situations where you need a stable you know there might be an emergency situation where for whatever circumstances always injures itself and you need to get the horse into a contained environment so you know for example the vet can see them Mm. but in the end you know in the ideal world, you know, you've, you've just described your situation. Well, your horse is, is going back to how it's evolved to live. So your horse is probably thriving because that's actually how, how the animals evolved. It is a challenge, though. You know, people can look for, for a stable and a, and a field. I mean, in the ideal situation, I think, you know, if you've got a field where you've got shelter, say, for example, you've got some hedges or you've got a field shelter, that's more more than adequate for most horses from a point of view of being able to winter out. It's being able to get into that environment where they can, if they want to, get out of the wind and the rain or the snow. Mm. They can get into get off the, the wetland because obviously the joys of living on this island, it's, <laughs> it can be wet and foggy and horrible sometimes mm-hmm. in terms of the mud. But, you know, if they can get to it on off the mud into a dry area. And, you know, field shelter or just having, you know, an area which is it's down to sort of more hardcore so that the horse is actually being able to get out of the mud, then then that that's will serve them brilliantly. So I wonder who came up with the idea of leaving the horse in overnight, because somebody must have thought, well, that's a good idea. If you kind of look back through history, a lot of this has come from from how horses were kept from a military point of view. So when you're looking at kind of large numbers of horses that were kept they were kept stable so that they'd be there to do the job. You know, from a point of view, when they were the cavalry were moving around, obviously, you know, quite often they'd be kept in sort of stalls. So effectively, that the horses were accessible and ready for work and ready for action. Hmm. And it would it made it easier from a point of view of looking after them and keeping them accessible to do that that military work. But it's become kind of part of of culture in terms of stabling horses which you know in many in many parts of the world and in many parts in in the uk you know people have kept their horses out you only have to look at the um, some of the semi-feral populations out you know in terms of in wales and dartmoor and and the new forests you know these are animals that have lived they live out 24 hours seven days a week Mm. and many people have kept their horses like that for for years and years but it's, I think it's one of those things where 
a lot of sport has come out of how we used to keep horses from the military and that kind of tradition of keeping them stabled has i think has largely come out of that experience in history but it's interesting how so many of us stable our horses and and it is the thing to do you know you get a horse you stable it even down to again it's 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 compromising i guess our needs and what 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 we need you said earlier that we need to think about what we need as well as what the horse needs very rarely do you get a piece of land and then you don't get a school or the horse walker or all the other amazing facilities that I, I definitely don't have for having a horse living out 24-7. But if you're on a yard with loads of stables and and you just put your horse out in the day, then you, you have all those facilities. So I feel like we're compromising one to gain the other either way. Yeah, and maybe that's something, you know, moving forwards, so horse owners need to 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 push for or, or think about because you know, I, I know myself as a horse owner, it's sort of that challenge of trying to make sure you get the best for your horse, you're filling the horse's needs. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it provides some of the mod cons that you, you need or you, you want so you can sort of fulfil for what, what you want to do with the horse. But I think, you know, in the end, if we're going to, own horses we always need to think about putting their needs as as the primary focus so making sure that they get plenty of turnout and really you know the ideal is 24 hours turnout um, with access that the horse can choose where it whether it comes in or goes out that you know that's that's my dream anyway is that i have this setup where <laughs> my horse can choose when it wants to go now because you but know, they then do, the horse, don't they? They, they do. do. That's what a shelter's a shelter's there for. They choose if they want to go under the shelter or not. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is it, you know, if you've got that sort of setup where the horse can choose to go in and out, they will do. And like you know, in, in so many occasions, we you know we're thinking, oh, it's raining, it's horrible, and you know the horse's got the shelter, and you'll see how many of them out <laughs> just happily grazing in the <laughs> in the rain, and they don't care and. And the thing is, it's just is is having that option, but it's remembering that you know, thinking of it from through the horse's eyes, not through through our own. And it is difficult, you know. We think, oh, I wouldn't want to be out there, but the horse mm. doesn't. You know, the horse thinks from a different perspective. And as long as we, you know, provide enough food, enough, you know, the right shelter, they can then make their own mind up, which is which is the perfect scenario. So, are we damaging horses by having them stabled? I think the thing is, it, it's not in, in the end, I suppose, from a horse's point of view, there are occasions where it can be useful to stable them. Um, say, for example, providing them with a safe environment. If they have become conditioned, and I think this is one of the things we need to think about, is like how much of keeping a horse stable is about how we end up conditioning their behaviour as we may condition our own behaviour. So they start to get into a habit. So they, you know, from a young age, they've been stable. So when we think, oh, no, they're hanging around the gate, they want to come in, it's raining, oh, I'm horrible, I must go and get them in. They also, they're used to you coming down and bringing them in at that mm. time. They used to, they start to get conditioned to this sort of behaviour. And actually, if you start to change that and start to kind of let them be out more, they will also change their behaviour and actually go back and think, oh, you're not you're not going to be there. So I think in terms of sort of stabling can, uh, you know, has a has a number of things that can cause problems in the sense that if you think about some of the stress related behaviours that we see with horses when they've been spending too much time 
um, confined in terms of things like stereotypies, you know, weaving, mm. which, you know, th th these things that can be exhibited through stress, you know, the amount of people you hear who talk about horses that they've owned, who've shown stress behaviour, that they say, but they don't show it when they're out in the field. I mean, you always get an example where there's a horse that does show. <laughs> I am one of those awful people, Joe, because Blackjack fence, has fence chewed and he's he eats everything. He eats his lead rope. He eats his head collar. He literally just chews everything. But, he but, does, he, but does he have access to anything to browse? Uh, or does he just have a grass field? Oh, no, there's bushes. There's bushes with berries in. He loves those. Yeah, well, they, but if the thing is, in the end, you know, there are there are always going to be occasions, and that's where you may want to just look at your kind of check, checking his balance or his nutrient levels, just to see that there's nothing missing there. Yeah, but it's interesting because I I really I I'm totally with you on the living out thing, and I think if I hadn't been forced to do it, I was so molly cuddling him you know in the stable and i was very very pro stable and i'm not either or i think we could probably be doing putting our horses out for much longer than we are and for a longer period and not having this need to bring them in as soon as it rains a little bit you know i do think we could put our horses out for a bit longer but even with his little habits that he's picked up whilst he's been out 24 7 i think that's also to do with stress of moving because we had to move a couple of times and there are other things that go with it but I was so surprised with one how quickly he settled living out 24-7 but then going back to a year later I had to stable him for a short amount of time through an injury and you know and I was then surprised with how quickly he went back to being stabled it was it was just he was just so settled it was amazing yeah, well, I suppose, again, it's sort of horses are amazing animals in the sense that what they cope with and what, you know, when they're introduced to these things in a, in a positive way in early life, you know, if a horse has been positively introduced to an environment so it doesn't doesn't worry about it, doesn't feel fair, then, you know, they, they don't forget, you know, if, if he's been in a stable and it's been an okay experience and he's been fed something nice, then he's, <laughs> he's not worried about it, but... But equally, I suppose you've got to look at the whole environment. So, you know, it is taking into account what the conditions are like. Has this horse got a big enough stable? Because mm. unfortunately, you know, there are many yards I've been on where the stables are very small. And actually, that's really confining the amount of space that the horse can move in overnight. And if you're thinking, if you think about the sort of the, the, the winters when people are having maybe bringing in earlier turning out later you know the horse is potentially confined for a long period of time and you think you know we've bred bigger and bigger horses but have we built bigger and bigger stables to keep them in mm. and it's actually you know having that that movement so in those cases it's thinking actually the horse that's out is able to move about it's able to keep those those joints moving and actually that helps with so many things it helps with um combating um issues you know if you if you think about the fact that the horse is constantly doing its fitness workout uh, <laughs> so it's going to keep them fitter you know the horse that's got arthritis it's going to help keep them moving keep, keep them supple then you've got you know other things like horses that may be um susceptible to respiratory problems i mean we're i think you know i can't remember the statistics but the um, national equine 
health survey as obviously um, reports on a lot of these things and talks about the kind of numbers of horses are seeing with kind of respiratory issues and also you know other things like lameness and you kind of think well you know living out in a healthy environment where the horse is breathing in fresh air rather than being put on dried bedding even you know even if we try our best you know it's pretty much near impossible to get dust extracted and um mm-hmm. bedding and i have a horse that's mr allergic to everything so oh, really? <laughs> yeah high maintenance loving to bit he is high maintenance but you know in that sort of situation the more they're out the better because it's you know they're, they're actually going to keep their airways nice and clean and clear mm. so you know there are many reasons and advantages to to having the horse out i know it's not always possible for people and but hopefully what we're seeing is a kind of change in terms of how yards are set up and the sort of realisation from those people running livery yards. Because I think it's also the people providing the services at the livery yards, you know, thinking mm-hmm. about what they're providing, you know, making it more horse centred rather than actually traditional. You know, it's, think- it's thinking a little bit outside the box and things are changing. It does seem seem to be the case. There's- oh, really? That's, that's quite good to hear because... I guess there are, there must be some cases where they don't have a lot of turnout and say the grass is not great and, and there's lots of mud there, then really you wouldn't want your horse to be on there 24-7, would you? You'd want to bring him in so that his feet can dry, he doesn't get mud fever, things like that. But I think the thing is it's always thinking about the environment. You know, if the horse can't be out because the fields, the land doesn't work very well, mm-hmm. is there an alternative? Is there a, a situation that can be set up in the yard where it can provide a different surface where the horse can stand, you know, go out and be turned out effectively in a different surface. I mean, if you go, if anyone has the time to visit any of the welfare organisations, a lot of them have situations where they have group housing. So they'll have areas where the horses can be turned out off grass, but they're actually in a place where they're, they can move about. They are, you know, whether it be a, a, straw barn where they they grass you know there there's a number of horses in together in a straw area or in an area which is down to bark so you know whatever the surface is it's it's looking at kind of actually that's providing an all-weather facility but the horse can still move about still mix with its mate still be a horse you know those are the sorts of things that welfare organizations have set up and i think you know it's maybe some of these yards thinking outside the box and having a look over the fence or over the hedge at what other people are doing and maybe thinking a bit bit more differently because I think there's a lot of owners out there who would appreciate a different offering mm. and it's I know it's not always easy for owners to find those sorts of yards that might provide that so maybe you know there's a business opportunity out there for somebody <laughs> who wants to set up some horse and delivery yards <laughs> you try finding some land I mean the land is like gold dust you can't find it anywhere I'm just presuming, just quickly, I'm, I'm presuming though that they put hay down if they're on bark or they're on some other, they're not on concrete because the horses will hurt themselves and that they get hay put down so they've got something so they can keep grazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in essence, it's, you know, those sorts of situations, they, it's a case, again, it's a case of making sure that they've got access to, to forage, you know, they've got access to, to roughage, hay, haylage. So, you know, if they're not grazing in the field, then they've got something in terms of, you know, that fibre content in their diet but they're allowed to be a horse and move around and, and socialise with other horses. Because mm. I think, you know, there is this one of, there is this tendency of keeping horses on their own. And yeah. I think this is one of the biggest issues that we, 
we face actually in terms of actually thinking about what's best for the horse and you know in my time in my lifetime of working with horses you know, it's gone from a situation cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase where horses in my youth used to be turned out together but now you go along and it's kind of little postage stamps of horses kept on their own and I think that's that's not a good thing it's really sad I don't understand why horses are on their own I don't get it I've seen horses by themselves and they just look so sad well it's and and, you know this is goes really goes back to kind of how horses have evolved and they're you know they're herd animals they're very sociable animals that you will always get you know a case where you know an animal through whatever's happened in its life has become is maybe difficult to get back into a herd but you know with careful help and there's a lot of behaviorists very very good behaviorists out there now who can help people if they've got an animal that's difficult and they, they're not sure how they can reintegrate it with other horses, there is a lot of expertise out there who, you know, with people who'd, who'd help them go through that process. Mm. But, you know, in the end, horses like being with horses. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't like to be on my own all the time. My goodness, I drive everybody mad talking to them. Imagine if I had no one to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd drive myself mad. <laughs> well, the, the good news is that... You've made us all feel so much better about leaving our horses out 24-7 and that we're not neglecting, so that's good. And it's nice, It's really nice to hear factual welfare benefits of, of both sides. Obviously, you're more. You're completely... <laughs> my, my, my thing is about the, is about the horses. It's, it is about the horse. horses. I have yeah. to be so careful, Joe, because I'm with you. I am so with you. And that's, I also kind of, I'm aware we, you can't be in a situation where you just sort of say, you know, it's terrible. People should not keep their horses in stables. I mean, I keep, have to keep mine in some of the time because of the, the you know the circumstances at the moment. But, you know, the reality of the situation is people can't, you know, not always in that situation to be able to just put their horses out in the field 24 hours, seven days a week. But, you know, if we if we're in a situation where we move towards something that's more horse centered, then that's for the that's good, good. Yeah, but, to, but if I'm being completely honest, Joe, I gave up a lot 
to give to blackjack to be living out 24 7 i mean i drive for a long time i drove an hour there an hour back because that was the only place that had land and that was what was right for him because of his injury that was what the professor said so i was like okay well that's what he needs so i need to find land for him what i'm finding now is that i was talking about the facilities and everything earlier that isn't so much for me that's for him as well because now we found a a lovely five acre field but we have to hack to a school and for us that's a really big deal because we're still learning so to have a school locally right really like, like basically on the land would be amazing because we could practice more he could get better he could get more confident i could get more confident and then we go hacking it isn't as traumatic as it is at the moment but that's what i mean you do whatever's right for your horse and if that means you've got to sacrifice something then you have to sacrifice something what's so difficult is that most of the country are stabling their horses and so we can't say i can't say that's the wrong thing to do because i don't know i'm not an expert i just know that i've done both and that blackjack is better but blackjack has progressed health wise living out 24 7 but ultimately we don't have enough land we don't in the country to have all the horses living out all the time there's just not enough room and if there is room it might not be where we live so it's it's such a difficult situation to be in isn't it it is it is a really challenging situation and i think this is why you know we need to think of other ways of approaching it and that's why i say you know looking at some of the, the approaches that the welfare organizations take mm. in their group housing because you know it is difficult if you don't have land that holds up then you need an alternative for those parts of the times of the year and you know let's face it we're going to see more or more wet winters we're going to see more environmental change so the, the reality of the situation is we probably are going to have to come up with alternatives which means actually you know perhaps we should be looking at group housing and setting up facilities where people can keep their horses when you when you can't turn them out at grass because the land land needs rest mm. then actually you know having a facility where you can still turn them out together in a group housing facility then I say go and have a no- go and have a nosy. A lot of the welfare organisations they're doing some great great stuff with this sort of thing. That sounds good. And you're working with another organisation, aren't you? You're working with Horses for Homes and the British Equestrian Federation. Yeah, on this particular project, I I work with a number of different or different organisations, but on this particular project to do with sharing, which is care to share. <laughs> um, basically, it's a partnership between Horses for Homes and the British Equestrian Federation. They, they've joined forces to to try and kind of help people who are looking to share share their horses from a point of view of those those who maybe are struggling with funds because horses are expensive mm-hmm. and time because horses are time consuming as we all all know too well but also those people who are really desperate to kind of get that contact with horses but maybe just are not in that position to have a horse at this moment in time mm-hmm. but would love love to spend some time or or find out what it's like to own a horse or maybe owned a horse in the past but just can't take one on again at the moment so you know it's it's the idea behind this project is to really join those those groups together so that you know that everybody benefits 
the horse benefits the and the two people benefits. Yeah, it's a really lovely idea because I, I know quite a few people who are, who would love to have their own horse, but one doesn't have the experience. So she wants to learn from somebody who has a horse, but she's so she's great with horses. She cares about them. She loves them. She's she's like a little sponge. She wants to learn, and the other one doesn't have the time for her horse, but doesn't want to sell him because she loves him and doesn't want to put him on full loan. So I'm guessing sharing is similar to part loaning where you literally could go down a few days a week and muck out or pick poo pick the field feed the horse everything that you would normally do on a day-to-day basis the sharer would do say three times a week and they get to ride in that time as well yeah and it and it totally depends on what the two parties want and i think this is the sort of thing where, you know the beauty of sharing is you know depending on what the owner is looking for in terms of help with their horse you've got everything from the person who is looking for help on a you know several days a week as you've outlined through to the person who just knows that they don't have enough time to exercise their horse and doesn't actually need they don't necessarily want someone to muck out you know they just want someone to help with the exercising there are so many different ways of doing it and you know what horses for homes is is providing through their website is a means of actually matching sharers um, people looking and people with horses that they want to share so that then they can you know, they can make that arrangements from a point of view that it's, it's a win-win for all. And the other thing with using horses for homes is it, it provides a safe place. So you've mm-hmm. got a situation where the owner provides all the, the background on the horse. So you get a really good picture of what's what the horse is like, if it has any any health issues, any sort of challenges, what its behavior is like. And then this, the person looking also gives their experience, so, you know, what they're like as a rider, how much much time they've been around horses. So you get kind of that background information, but also you get the sharing agreement. So from a point of view, you get that support from the guys at Horses for Homes who will hold your hand through the process and also provide you with that agreement at the end because it's that agreement that, will help you know make sure that the sharing arrangement is the best for all parties because mm. there's been you know i think there's plenty of examples where people have tried this but maybe haven't had that agreement in place and where even know you could get a sharer agreement i know you can get a loan one and a, and a buying one but a sharer agreement is a brilliant idea yeah well, it's, just, it's the kind of idea of making sure that it's all written down so everybody knows where they stand right from the word go mm. and it's it's a safer way than to do it then because I, I know you know there's a lot of horses kind of advertised through social media and mm. you know social media is out there for you know for all to use and it's kind of it has a lot of positives but you know some of the challenges with using social media is you just don't know who you're really dealing with and this way you've got some support the information is all there and you know it gives that help and guidance as well well everyone's protected aren't they the buyer the the owner the sharer and the horse are all protected and because you do see a lot of these websites of people asking to share your horse asking to loan your horse and then you hear the horror stories that they've run off with them and it's a big thing to get somebody to share your horse because you don't you don't really know them and i'm a big believer in 
go out riding with the person that you're looking to ride your horse see what they're like how do they treat your horse do they have any come with any recommendations do they come you know does anybody know them have you heard of them who is this person where have they come from you know it's okay to ask the questions because they're looking after your horse but at the same time i think it's it's really sensible for the sharer to ask questions you know how long have you had the horse where did you get the horse from and they don't have to be in in you know it's not like you're questioning them in an insult it can be dropped into conversation but you know oh what happened what happens when you go hacking have you ever jumped him out on a cross country you know ask questions get information and this is where you know with the questions i mean basically there's an application form for for those people who are the the owners listing the horses and for the the person who's looking to share so there's an application form that asks lots of the questions that you're you're outlining so that you know really builds up a proper picture of both parties so that they can look and see whether before they even get to that point of coming out and meeting each other they can actually get that information and think right okay you know is is this right for me does this feel right and then from that that place that they can then have a conversation ask any more questions through the horses for homes portal so basically they they can contact each other and message each other and then arrange that meet up so that they've already armed with a lot of that information and the other thing is part of the part of it is about you know the the person looking to share has to provide references for example so mm. you know, whether that be you know someone a riding instructor you know, people that know them and their experience so it, it helps build that confidence and provides a bit of security that's brilliant so we can find out more if we go to the horses for homes well actually you can find out more if you go to horsehour.co.uk because we've got a whole section on care to share but you can also actually go and look at the horses listed for sharing if you head to horsesforhomes.net that's it perfect and there's horses for homes (laughs) with a four not as in the number four great And, and they're on Twitter, are they? Yes, they're on Twitter, Facebook. Facebook's really active, have a very good Facebook network. So Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. Highly recommend it. If you, you know, the other, the other instance is I met a lady the other day. Sadly, she lost her horse four years ago. He passed away and she hasn't quite got over it. And she's definitely not ready to own another horse. And she's not even ready for the full-time responsibility. But but we literally had a conversation about sharing. I said, have you thought about sharing? Because that would be perfect. You know, you've got the kids. You can fit it in a couple of days, two or three days a week. You know, it would, it would be ideal to get you out riding again. And she's she's actually going and looking now uh, to find a sharer, to find yeah. a, someone who will share her horse. The tricky thing from that perspective is there aren't that many people yet sharing their horses so they haven't taken that step there's more coming through but we need more people that are are time limited to actually say you know i'd be prepared my horse is amazing you know i'd be prepared for somebody to come and share him or her yeah well it's it's certainly you know in the short time that the that care share has been kind of up and running there's a growing interest in terms of the numbers of horses that are being shown listed on the site but I suppose it's it's from both points of view. It is, you know, people being aware that as well as listing horses, they can go on the wanted. There's a little wanted page and they can put if they're looking for a horse and there's not one in their area, they can actually list that they are looking to share oh. in their area. So that's another way of kind of posting it up there. But I think you know, it is that whole thing of, you know, if people are interested, they really should get in touch with horses for homes. Because the other thing I should also mention is where's the care to share project? Horses for Homes obviously does a lot of work in terms of rehoming and loaning horses. Mm-hmm. So 
horses that are looking for a new a new home due to sort of the circumstances because unfortunately you know sometimes things go wrong and people need a bit of help um but yeah. also with the loaning side you know there's there's also that opportunity as well you know people are looking to match find find the right match in terms of loaning honestly they're amazing massive massive fan here i loaned a horse for a year and i loved him he was called tom he was amazing and that was when blackjack first went lame and i first well it was when i first found out i couldn't couldn't ride him and i was ready to try something else i wasn't ready to buy anything but i was ready to have something on loan you know i didn't couldn't quite get over blackjack being injured but i still wanted to ride and so i loaned this horse for a year and the owner had had him for 12 years and i loaned him because she was pregnant and so she was having a baby and didn't have the time and and wanted wanted him to have the life that she'd given him um but with me instead so we had an amazing year together and she used to come and visit and she'd uh, we were facebook friends and i'd constantly send her weekly updates of how he was doing and and it was a really really good i was very lucky with that relationship and when the year was over she'd almost accepted the fact that she hadn't spent time with him and even though she'd had him for 12 years she decided she wanted another baby and actually she didn't think she could take him on full time and take on that responsibility again full time so she decided to sell him but then she decided she didn't want to sell him for money because it wasn't about the money it was about the home so she contacted horses for homes and she said i've got tom this is what he did i wrote a reference for what he was like with me and he's gone to a really lovely girl called charlotte who's taken him on and everyone's facebook friends and everyone knows that charlotte's looking after tom and that they're having a great time together and the owner rather now previous owner can stay in touch and see how he's doing and she gets regular updates and that and that is it, it was so lovely because one for the previous owner of tom she was still emotionally attached to him she loved him and it was a massive thing for her to be able to for, for her to actually give him up but she knew that well her life at the time that's what she had to do and that tom wasn't going to have the best out of her because she wasn't at that point in her life she was a being a mum and a family time so um now he's having really good fun with charlotte and it was actually quite nice to witness that whole process and, and actually the lengths that horses for homes go to to make sure that both parties are happy and um security wise references checking out you know charlotte came to look a few times before she took tom on she rode him a few times it was just i thought it was really well done by horses for homes that's that's really good to hear because it's one of those things where it's always nice to kind of get get the feedback and, and hear how things have gone but as a charity they um they do some great work in terms of, of matching people up and i think you know, it's not just the horse side of things. You know, I think you've just highlighted perfectly with all of this work. It's also those uh, human contacts as well. You know, so mm-hmm. that people make friends out of this. And I think you know, one of the good things with the care to share side of things is you know, it's it's a chance to make some new friends as well. So mm. great yeah. stuff. Well, thank you so much, Joe, again, for joining us on the Horse Hour podcast. Um, it's great, great work that you do. When you get any new welfare updates, please can you let us know? Because we, we need to stay up to date. We need to make sure that our horses are being cared for in the best, best possible way. Great stuff. Cheers. You take care.
Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can catch up with previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast on our website, horsehour.co.uk. Also, while you're there, there's loads of information on our education hub on winter nutrition from Smart Horse Feeds. Trisha from Childrick Saddles has given us advice on how to look after your saddle in the cold weather. And then my favourite thing of all is our new Spotify playlist. It's called Horse Hour Winter Hacking, and it's all our favourite songs to go riding with your horse you can include your favorite songs too just by tweeting us tweet using hashtag horse hour and your favorite song and we will add it to the playlist for you i hope you have a really good week and i'll speak to you soon you've been listening to horse hour join the community on twitter mondays 8 p.m uk time 3 p.m eastern by using the hashtag horse hour follow amy at amy stevenson one and subscribe to us on acast itunes stitcher and player fm here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 